Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of There's Coffee Here with your girl, uh, Ava. Um, <laughs> sorry, I uh, got distracted. Uh, I was trying to see where I wanted to start off, even though I thought I was ready, but not. Um, but honestly, in the beginning, I wanted to go ahead and give a shout out to y'all, my friends, um, who I feel like those are the only people that listen to my podcast, but people are listening. I got plays like in the double digits. So that's what's up. So thank you all for listening and growing with me. Extra shout out to my girl Tara who be straight tagging me and laughing at my crazy ass on these posts. Who is on the low encouraging me to keep forward because it seems like I have something to say and something to add value. And I appreciate that about y'all listening. And please continue to listen and share and hopefully it adds some value and things to your life. Um, so yeah, so let's get it cracking. Um, hopefully y'all can still hear me. I haven't stopped before and actually went to my notepad because like I said, I'm growing this whole thing. And so I'm getting better about writing down topics that I want to discuss, um, staying really focused on what it is that I want to say. Um, a lot of what I've been listening to with Brene Brown and Rising Strong has really, really helped a lot in regards to um, how my thought process thinks and the things about uh, my mental disease that I actually want to share, which I'm actually seeing more and more like connecting the dots and how all these things kind of tie together in regards to black people, our specific issues, um, things that are different about us that need to be addressed specifically to us, for us, and be damned in regards to what other races and or people think or make it think about us because they don't know our issues and they don't know our struggle. Um, I especially talk about things in regards to mental health because of the work that I have done and am doing now consistently because it doesn't stop. Um, I'm on medication now for... Um, it's been, what year is this? Five years now, right? Because it's five-year anniversary. Um, I've been working with my um, psychiatrist. I remember when we first started with her. Um, shout out to Dr. Chappelle, um, who's a sister, y'all. And not like a sister, like, not like, oh, she's a black woman. No, she's a sister. We talk like, you know, I'm ignorant. I say crazy stuff. She was like, oh, I miss black women. You know, that whole surrounding in the business of whiteness because they are so few and far in between like her. Um, and even with her and talking to her, I can tell she really doesn't see the value in kind of addressing specific issues in regards to just towards black women. I'm kind of guiding her toward that. I told her when we first started, I was like, one day I'm going to talk about mental illness and I'm going to bring you on and you're going to talk about it and address it specifically for black women. So she going to listen to this podcast to understand what I'm talking about so we can talk about the things going forward. And also this sister uh, recommended me to my current psychiatrist who I work with on a regular Um to uh, my psychiatrist who I work with on a regular, who is um, a very, um, she's a very white woman, just think Lilith Fair. Um, and I think she told me that one time, I was like, you look like somebody who went to Lilith Fair or whatever, that's how I describe you. And she's like, oh my God, I totally went to Lilith Fair. And I was like, oh my God, cause yeah. Um, but um, 
like I said, it's been an ongoing work. Uh, and, you know, I have tools now and things that are happening in my life because, y'all, life is happening. A Delta is real. I can't even deal. I mean, I can, though. Um, I'm now in a place where things that are happening that would have been catastrophic to me and, like, had me under my bed and had me not functioning and had me not be able to quit my job and just whatever it is, I'm actually like, okay, fuck shit is happening. But... But I got tools to know that wherever I land on whatever it is that's going on, how I like it, what I consider to be like the ultimate fuckery, um, when those things are happening, I know that I will land on one side of it. And whatever side I land on in regards to what I finally get through and finally understand what's happening and going on and have some real answers and done some real work and done some real work <laughs> talking out some shit sorting shit out, making sure it's not my own issue, making sure it's not someone else's uh, issue, you know, using those tools to be like, all right, what's cool, what's not? Okay, what boundaries do I actually need to set? How can I set these boundaries to protect and preserve my peace? Because that's what this whole thing is about. It's about self-love and self-confidence and Understanding who you are, how you think, being okay with that, loving every part of that, um, even the bad and the crazy that has come along with it, some of the things that might have caused the shame along with it, and how to grow and heal above that and protect your peace at all times. So that is always the goal and intention for myself um, moving forward, and I want that to be the goal and attention, especially for black folks. And maybe with that, we'll give each other more empathy and sympathy because that's what it is that we need. Um, cause black people need to realize that we're a young culture and we are not only just a young culture that's developing, but we're also a young culture that's developing, which means that we ain't got a lot of money and we don't have a lot of, um, uh, we don't have a lot of money and a lot of base built foundations, strong foundations um, built. And a lot of those are based in economics. So I'm really happy that we're doing talks about reparations right now. So that all being said, now is time to really talk about what this topic of the podcast is. And this one is about cream. No, we are not talking about Prince's cream. Get on top. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me not sing because, you know, I got like at least maybe five Prince fans who I don't want to drop me because I tried to sing the song. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, what I am talking about, if you think of in the terms of Wu-Tang and if you haven't seen their documentary, um, I can't remember on what stream I watched it in, but I watched it with my husband. It's very, very good. Um, and it also adds, it kind of ties in in regards to what I wanted to talk about economic wise. But for those that don't know it, um, <laughs> cream stands for cash rules, everything around me. So if you don't know the song, it's a great song. Cash rules, everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Um, so we're talking about economics and where I think economics want to go. So I, um, love comedy. Um, I was wanting to do stand-up, have done stand-up, I'm sorry, not have wanted to, have done stand-up, have done improv, and um, I studied comedians, and I love Dave Chappelle. He is one of my favorite living comedians, and um, when we talk about reparations, I feel that black folks are so hard on themselves and don't give each other enough grace, because we really feel that, like, 
that whole skit that he did on his show about reparations happening and people buying cigarettes and doing shit. Like, I feel like black people really believe that that's what's going to happen. I don't know why, but it's like they really feel the majority of black folks that's really going to happen. And while, while it may be true that it might be some few and far between, I mean, I really don't feel that that is a problem that we are really going to have. But I really feel that black folks don't feel, or maybe even some white people feel that that's what it is that's going to happen. But um, even if that, like I'm saying, even if that is something that doesn't take away from the greater fact that there is definitely a need to invest into addressing issues in the black community, especially about mental health, because it is not being talked about and it is seen as something that is normal, that it is that we're supposed to go through and it is not. It is something that has very much so has to do with systemic racism. It's something that very much is still tied into slavery. That's still something that is very much tied into Jim Crow and all these other things or whatever. And the history, I need to learn how to slow down my words. Excuse me. The history of black people in this country, our story is different and more specific to address our issues. We are carrying a lot of damage. We are carrying a lot of baggage. We are carrying a lot of stress. We are, um, we are, we have, um, dragged in. We are, um, damn it. We are remembering a lot of trauma. Um, all these things build up our DNA. Um, think about it in Kendrick Lamar's song. Listen to it. We, I, I got pain. I got all these things in my DNA, all these things that affect how we are, whose we are, how we've grown up, our culture and things like that. Um, mental health is not being talked about. A lot of people are suffering from mental health issues and, to get the proper type of support that we need to change our environments, to invest in our communities, to build certain schools, to do certain programs that address our traumas, we need money for that. Money has to be done for that for us to have those type of therapies done. Money provides us those people who we have to pay, those doctors, those therapists, you have to pay for those meds and things like that or whatever. Um, and it's ongoing therapy. Like I said, forever, I've been having to um, pay, you know, for these doctor visits, for these pills and everything on a monthly basis. And when you are not investing in our communities, when we don't have the ability to be able to pay for those and not just not pay for them, not pay for good ones, not pay for, you know, well ones, ones that we can do for long term because we can't afford it because there's too much of the rigmarole in life and other things and other stressors that are happening in life. And we don't have proper tools to deal with our mental issues that have been brought and passed down or whatever to um, family and family members. They talk about how mental disease and mental disorders, those things have been passed down to us, how those things that are caused when you have stressors in your communities, that those things rise and pop up very quickly. Um, in regards to my bipolar disorder, um, I was, um, I was diagnosed shortly, um, after my son was born, in fact, before he even turned one, because my postpartum depression was so, so very bad. I mean, it was dark, it was depressive, and I have been going, I'd had depressions before, um, and, you know, done things to help soothe <laughs> or address those mania issues in regards for the up and down cycle of depression. And 
but nothing was like um, what it was after this postpartum depression and going through postpartum depression, going through postpartum depression. What the hell? Um, I realized that um, going through postpartum depression and then being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, that all took money and appointments. Um, I have a very good doctor that I have to pay for on a regular basis. Shit, I got a therapist that I have to pay on a regular. In fact, funny story (laughs) about me and my therapist. I don't know if I've told this before. However, um, in the middle of therapy, um, like right in the beginning of it, I think either I took, yep, I um, left my job, took a very bad pay cut because um, I had to get it. No, that's what it was. I um, got hired for this the place that was hell. Um, I got hired in hell. Hell. I got hired in hell. And I lasted in hell for 88, I think 80, 88 days. I didn't even make 90 days. And I got fired. I was like, oh my God, I'm in hell. Um, but so lost that job, took a huge pay cut and even in between. And I'm like, I was going through it. I think Blake had like recently got diagnosed and going through shit from school. And I had to put back like the money stress issue was there. And I was so crazy. I think, dude, I went to therapy for like a year and a half and didn't pay because my therapist was like, oh, no, we're going to work this out. She was like, "Mm -mm, I got therapist. She was like, I mean, she's doing well for herself. She didn't open up her own practice. She started working with CPD. You know, she's fine. She was like, no, I can do this. She was like, oh, she was like, no, she crazy, crazy. I did tell my therapist, though, that um, if she ever wanted to do a series about me, um, about, you know, crazy patients and use me as her base, that I'd be down for it. I just want, you know, executive producer rights. And I laughed and she didn't laugh, which makes me think that she thinks I'm real crazy, which is why she gave me um, free therapy. But what I'm saying is now I'm working and now, you know, she's like, pay. Uh, <laughs> no, she still works with me. But that what I'm saying is that there's an expectation to pay for service, you know, while people just say, oh, she's just talking. No, she's talking. She's helping. She's helping you throw through, go through stuff. She's giving me tools um, to deal with life. I was listening to Dr. Oz um, today on Wendy Williams. Shout out to Wendy Williams. How you doing? Um, But uh, it was a whole episode, I think. And Dr. Oz was talking about bipolar disorder. Um, And I think they were talking about Britney Spears because she has, um, uh, you know, publicly said she has bipolar disorder. And it, he was like, it's a hard disease. You are working a very tight line between, you know, positive and negative. And you have to do a lot to preserve your peace. And my psychiatrist, I remember, you know, with talking with her and making a joke about something with my mom and, you know, she knows my story or whatever. And I made a joke and I was like, no, it's fine. It's really okay. And she's just like, you were in pain for so long. And that's like something I didn't know because it was my norm. Same thing in regards that's passed down to my mom. It is her norm. She was, um, I think I told her story before, 15 years old, taking care like of both her parents who were sick and going to school full time, living in projects or whatever. And that was what she said. That was normal 
for her. That was normal for her and people like her that lived in environments like her who are predominantly black people. And that is a problem because that is a lot of how our neighborhoods look. That is a lot of in regards to our story. Even if we are doing well now, that is definitely a base in regards to um, our DNA makeup. Uh, I always say DNA. People say DNA are found. I think of things as a house, as a foundation. So that is where your foundation is. And I think of it kind of like in biblical terms too. Is your house built on rock or built on sand? Um, how is your foundation? Is your foundation good? Is it foundation cracked? Was it a solid foundation in the first place? Did someone sell you a bill, of, uh, you know, tell you that it was a good foundation and then it wasn't a good foundation? Um, you know, think about these. Uh, I like to watch those shows on HGTV. Um, that talk about house foundations. Um, and this is how I think of things because this is how my brain works. Um, that, um, so if you see things, uh, in regards to that, they always go and there, there's problems with the house that it is that you can see. And when they start taking off walls and when they start looking at it to go ahead and do rehabs or make things look better from the outside, you start taking apart things and then you start saying, oh shit, there's problems, there's cracks in the foundation. If a house with a foundation is good, then it's not as expensive. But if there's a bad foundation house, you have to look and see if it can even be repaired or does everything have to be torn down and started over. And I think a lot of us, especially with black people, that is how we have been set up. Our foundations are not long and not strong um, and definitely not financially and definitely not financially in other races that they don't feel um, what that privilege is. White folks don't understand that white privilege is basically just that privilege. That minute you get some dough, you are pretty much on the other side of being able to navigate better in this world because that is the whole point. This world is... Um, you know, living is a thing. Nobody has to be here. You know, people talk about abortion and things like kids don't have to be here. Well, no one. People, babies are things that turn into people that turn into kids. Like I grew a human. My son is about to be six. He's a whole person. Um, people don't realize that as you go and you live through this earth, that uh, everybody has to live. Everybody has to survive. And it is clear that when... Most times you are in better off financial situations that it is easier for you to provide a life that is good for not only yourself, but for future generations. But everybody is a kid. Everybody was once a baby. Do you ever like go around? I do that all the time. I look at people who are on the streets. Um, I look at families and it's things like that. And it's just like, wow, you were once a baby. Like we were both babies and had families and things like that. And you almost wonder what was their foundation? What was their build up? What was their make? That actually caused them to be who they are because that everybody once was a baby. And you think about, is that what, you know, your parents wanted and dreamed for you? Did your parents want that and dream that for you? Were you able to want and dream better for yourself? Did you not even have seen or visions or dreams of yourself? So <clears throat> all that being said, money are things that are tools that make those things happen. I think that black folks in this country particularly have a good um, love-hate relationship when it comes to dough. I think that's why the reparations talk is getting so much flack um, from both sides, but why black people really need to understand the economics for it in regards to pushing it through, how it will help address our issues. Um, so... 
It takes money to go to those things. Um, it takes money for proper therapies. I know that for myself. I definitely know that for having a kid who's on the spectrum. Do you, shit costs dope, dope, big money. Um, I remember when we had a problem with Blake hopping out the bed and we were concerned about him wandering all through our house. And this is when we stayed in a very big house, three floors, whatever it is. And, you know, we were looking for things and like, okay, well, what are canopies or things of bed? Or like, you know, do they have like, oh, let's just Google special needs beds. And the prices of these motherfuckers, dude, like I could not find anything quality that was actually specific for special needs, like made with special needs kids in mind. Nothing less than maybe 1500 Maybe. I think it might've been like this whole tent thing that might've been like, 400 or something but wasn't shit cheap at all like none and you know shit it's a lot of black kids that are on the spectrum and unfortunately it is a lot of us that are not um in a proper economic space uh I think this whole thought of more money more problems is an actual real thing because when you have more money the stress of surviving from day to day is not there there is no stress of worrying about, oh, you know, if I don't make these hours, even though I'm really sick and I should stay home, I'm not going to be able to pay this gas bill or this light bill or my phone bill. If I get, I can't pay these tickets. If I get a boot on my car, you know, my $400, $500 that I'm making from one job and I got to work these three jobs and all these other things like the going on and on the worried about, you know, all it's going to take is one incident, one sick day, one, you know, hurting yourself on the job. And then boom, I'm not going to be able to pay for my kids tuition. Um, I'm not going to be able to get this furnace fixed. If just one thing happens to my car because I can't afford maintenance. Um, I'm going, <laughs> you know, I won't be able to do this. So I got to work a thousand jobs to provide all these things. And people are like, you know, black folks, oh, you spending it on money and cars and vacation. Like that's not even all of us. And even if it is, it wouldn't even matter because that's the whole thing. We got to work two, three, four, five jobs to live paycheck to paycheck. It's a lot of people that's living paycheck to paycheck. It's a lot of people who got big money that are living paycheck to paycheck. However, so just because people with big money are doing it doesn't mean that it's not something that, you know, we, anyway, I'm getting off subject because, you know, black folk, oh man, you know, whatever it is, niggas, you know, waste money. Fuck that. We're not even focused on them. Maybe if we addressed our mental issues and some of the things that put people in our places, we wouldn't have the problem with niggas wasting money on shit because niggas would be already advanced and know how to have tools to go ahead to provide for themselves. So anyway, I digress. Um, but when you look at us economically, we are not in place. Those things cost money. So yeah. So Ron and I was like, we in the wrong racket. The special needs racket. That shit was real for a bed. We saw some beds that were like $10,000. And it's like, God damn. It's like insurance might provide for it. Might. Maybe. So now because I have a kid like that and my child did not ask for autism. None of us asked for this, you know, or discipline. No parent does this, you know. And so now I've already got to worry about the stress of my child, you know, how they're going to go ahead. They can't just sleep in a bed and I have to worry. And now all of a sudden I have to figure out if my insurance is going to pay for this $10,000 bed that I need for my child to protect themselves. The fuck out of here. Money. Shit costs dope. Cash rules everything around me. I remember my mom says she has always wanted to be a philanthropist because in her mindset, if she had enough money 
to be able to take care of herself in a way where she would not have to stress and I have to work about these jobs that she didn't have to worry about me able to provide for the things for her family that she knows that she wanted um, or whatever it is. If she had enough money for that, then she would have enough money to be able to give away. So that's why she always wanted to be a philanthropist. I was like, that shit sounds good. I want to be a philanthropist. But um, when it's rooted in fear, in fear because she had a lot of lack, money is a very, very triggering issue with the people in my family. The lack of it, the having it, the wanting to do with it or whatever it is, the figuring out, the knowing of what money can provide, being able to, because we've walked both sides of that life. Um, I can't even tell you what I know in regards to what money can do when uh, I talk about uh, going and what money provides when I went to these bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. Uh, For these kids that I went to school with who are 13 years old, I'm 12 years old, I'm going to places like the Standard Club or, you know, seeing people get like checks, their families giving them five, ten, twenty thousand dollars checks at 13. These kids put this money in a boy in a safe. And by the time that they like graduate from college or it's time for them to fucking like get married or something like their foundation financially in this country already has them at an advantage. That is what privilege is. There are a lot more white people that have that. And because of that, they're ahead of the game. And black people don't realize, and that's part of us having a young culture, is that we don't have that and we are building that. So I feel like we need to give each other more grace as we are going through it because there are things that we don't know and there are things that are so normal to us that we don't know this. So going back into addressing those things. So being a philanthropist, feeling that she wanted to slow down. Recently, um, we were talking about something. My mom always talks to me. My family members be talking to me because I be the only one that goes to therapy and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they all need help. Jesus. I love them. But first of all, if I know I got dysfunction living in that house, I mean, everybody got a little touch of it. Everybody got a little touch of it. Know me. Um, so, (laughs) um, so she was talking to me about an issue or something or whatever. And my mom always wants to glaze over things like, but I mean, you know, it's fine. I'm blessed by the Lord of Jesus. And, you know, and it could be worse. And I'm like, yes, mama, it could be worse. However, it's okay to be upset about something. It's okay to be upset, frustrated. That's how it feels that you feel, you know, and it's okay. You can feel it. You just work on not staying there, you know, have tools, you talk it out, you work through it or whatever it is. And she was like, hmm. You know, this is the first time in my life that... Yeah, my mom talks like that. <laughs> this is the first time... Let me talk in my regular voice. She was like, this is the first time in her life that she had really been able to slow down and think about it. And I remember some of the things that my mom would talk about in regards to being resentful of rich people um, is that they had time to sit and take care of their issues. They had time to go ahead and go to therapy because my mom equated money in regards to time and the more money that you had, the more time that it is that you had to be free. Hmm. I can't necessarily, you know, disagree with that. I'm not saying that if you have money, you won't have problems, but I think that's actually one of the things. I think that's the thing for black folks is that once we get off of that wheel, that poverty wheel, once we get through that, we are left with ourselves and the same problems that we feel that we wouldn't have because we're going through the stress and rigmarole of life 
are still there. And in fact, they so there and they so big, you can't even get away from them. And the same things that used to work do not work anymore. And that's where the more money, more problems come in. More money, you don't know what it is to do with it. More money, you don't have a history of knowing what to do with it because you don't have people that have histories with money of doing it. For example, this is how it is that so black folks and people just in general are always amazed if you watch what's this show? Um, uh, House Hunters. <laughs> so House Hunters, the joke about House Hunters be like, it'd be a white couple and they'd be somewhere in like, Massachusetts and the girl be like I'm a school teacher and you know I focus on kindergarten grades blah 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 and then the husband you like yeah I'm a fireman and I'm also you know a part-time coach or whatever it is and you like you know what those salaries cost or whatever so you like what type of house are you looking for and it's like something whatever it is you tell them they budget and they be like you know, so we're looking for like a house and the 700, that's our max, a 700, 700,000, maybe 750. And you'd be like, what the fuck you get this money from? Was you being a teacher and you a fireman? What the hell does that come from? But then, you know, you know, when you start hanging around people of different cultures, ethnicities, and they start talking to you about their backgrounds and their families. And sometimes, you know, you become friends with them and then you go to their weddings and you realize that, oh shit, these people have had money. It's like the bot for money. It's been there in their accounts and it's been growing. And when they had time, they've done investments and things like that. So they are mind focused and focused on buying a house because that's what it is that their parents did. That's how it is that their grandparents did, their friends do and things like that. It is their normal. Black people, we don't have that normal. We don't. But we are working on it. But this is why these are things like reparations would give us money to um, help build those foundations and build healthy foundations for Black folks to be able to thrive in. When I talk about how I look at these people and babies, um, these people as, you know, babies. And I, I go through the hood and I see so many of us in so much pain. I think about, you know, what God says about our children, because we are all God's children, whether we wanted to be here or not, you know, that, or, you know, we're all here by the universe, whatever the fuck it is you call it. I don't care. Whatever. I call it God. I don't have time. Um, but that we're all here and we're all supposed to be helping each other because this world, like Tracy Morgan, it was my best quote. This world got teeth. And it'll eat you alive. You know, if you believe in the biblical stories or whatever, you know, when they say like, you know, the devil owns the world, whatever it is, it's basically like people run this earth and based off of our belief systems or how we feel about things or our mental conditions, because your mind and body and spirit all go together when we are. It's like Native Americans. I don't remember what it is. It's like the wolf you feed and people. That's what free choice is and the things that it is. You know, you can feed the negative side of your wolf or you can feed the positive side of your wolf or the positive wolf and the ne whatever it is. You feed the motherfucker so that you could be more positive And that's what it is that you do. You find things within yourself to make yourself more positive and grow so that you can deal with these things in life. And 
you know, that's what it is. Cash rules everything, you know, when you could pay for things easily. I talked to my therapist about that. I was like, can you imagine? Like, I'm like stressing, like I'm like one, like missed payment away from having stress and a heart attack. Like, my, like you know, these things that are happening, it's causing this hurtful, like stressful environment. It's causing strife between, you know, me and my husband, you know, it's affecting me at work and things like that. And I was like, do you know what that's like? I was like, do you know what it'd be like just to be able to write a fucking check for that shit? Just be able to move the fuck on like that's a thing that you don't have to worry about that you don't even know she was like no I didn't think of I was like yeah that's the case um you know there are higher foundations there are people who are able to teach yourself in regards to money um and a lot of us don't have that but I feel like we are building for it but the thing about reparations is that we would have those be able to access those tools immediately We'd be able to access those tools. We'd be able to know these are the things for certain that we need to address. Um, I remember I always get mad when people say, you know, black folks, how do we suffer from PTSD or whatever it is? Um, and uh, how that we know people that went through real trauma. And they always think about people that fight a war. So, boom, peep this, right? Uh my city is unfortunately labeled with the horrible term Chirac. I hate the term. Hate, 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 hate the term because I feel like it does this city, my city, so much disservice. However, when you have people, I mean, but the name, unfortunately, that origin came from somewhere and is based in some type of truth. And for some people, their life is a war zone. Every day they're worried about whether or not they're going to live, they're going to die. A lot of it is casualties of war. Um, it's the stress of having to deal with lost people. It's the stress of having to deal with the loss of family members and friends, whether dead or in jail. Um, these are stressors that directly affect our community, and that is our trauma. And it's not that far away. I always taught people like, you know, slavery so far, whatever it is. And reparations, when we say we need it and it's so close to, like, like people like, I mean, slavery is so long ago. But it's like, is it though? My father is 80, in his 80s, like 80 something. His grandfather was a slave. My father's still alive. I have touched somebody who's touched somebody who, I have touched somebody who's touched a slave, literally. I'm not that far away from it. I'm talking about my great grandfather. So that means some white people, y'all great grandfathers, and some of them still alive if they in their 80s. Those are some of the people that caused the oppression. Those were some of the people that were involved in the oppression. Those are some of the people that have passed down their values, their things or whatever to their children, their history, their knowledge or whatever. We have very different views on the side of what's great history. <laughs> I mean, the, some of these celebrations that were made in regards to this country and everybody knows this, you know. Black people were going through trauma and issues. So our view of things are different. And white people, you ain't got to understand that because y'all don't have to because that's not y'all story. And black people, we also need to be okay with that. And we need to also be okay with the fact that, yeah, we could, you know, do some integration or whatever it is. But there's also issues that we need to go ahead and deal with ourselves as people. And we need therapy. I was watching um, my husband. Uh... If I got to sit and watch TV most times, I end up watching a documentary with him in regards to 
something sports or something uh hood or something Tupac. That's how I go. Uh, something hip hop, something Tupac. Now it's something Nipsey Russell uh, and something sports. And there was um, some documentary in regards to Metal World Peace. And, you know, uh, if you don't know who Metal World Peace is, that is um, Ron Artest. <laughs> and Ron Artest is known for having some very um, big anger issues. If you didn't remember him, he was one of the dudes that went up in stands and beat up dudes <laughs> or whatever. And um, he talks about his mental health. If you hear him in one of his acceptance speeches, he talked, he said he wanted to thank his therapist. Y'all, that's real shit right there. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what some real work can do to address some issues. And that should be hard. Like, it's hard talking about issues. It's hard working through some of those things. It's hard being able to look back and be like, God damn, I did some of that shit and didn't even realize what pain or hurt I was causing my other people, caused myself, might have to go back, apologize for some shit, make some fucking amends and everything. Those are things that are painful. But when you get on the other side of those things, I'm telling you, the piece of those things, it, it just, it, it does so many things and we have it, it, it. It's freedom. So when you talk about that's what I'm saying, economics, think about that. Money is freedom. Peace of mind is also freedom. Therapy, being able to talk through and address those issues are a source of freedom. So that's why if we are in a better state economically, if we are investing in our communities, if we are doing things with real mental health, we are improving. We will be able to improve not only ourselves and financially to give ourselves better foundations culturally. We'll also be able to handle and be able to learn how to grow and invest our dollars. That is what was supposed to be done. That's why we were supposed to be given land so that we could have those things, a foundation, because, you know, land is dull. 40 acres and a mule. You were supposed to be given land to live on and then a mule to help you do some shit and be able to grow and establish yourself in the community, um, in the world, um, in the state that you live, in the place that you gave so much where black folks gave everything, their lives for that and the torture and the things that we went through as people. We don't talk about those things and those things need to be helped and helped to address Black people specifically, we have some some demons that we are carrying and these things aren't being addressed and being passed on and looked over and people try to pray some things away and it's not working the same way, y'all. It's not, um, I go through and I see so many people, that's what I'm saying, homeless people. When I look and see all of us as people, they were babies. We aren't helping them. Some of them, you know, it's not even like some of these addictions and things like that are our self-medication. These are things that people are now trapped in to get through some of these traumas. Postpartum depression is real with black folks. I mean, I could just take one part of slavery that was horrible and let's go ahead and address how that trauma was passed down. So let's talk about fucking rape because everybody knows <laughs> how traumatic rape is and being, um, being raped, being in an environment around rape, being caused rape. Some of us were raped on a daily basis. Some of us were brought just to be raped. Some of us have survived or are, um, are descendants of rape. Um, some of us have not let go of those issues 
that have been passed down. Some of us, and I mean by us black folks, I mean older black folks. If my, um, you know, father is 80, in his 80s, you know, he hasn't addressed some of the issues that have been passed down from his mom because no one talks about that, you know. That is just one segment that we have been traumatized for. And we need help to go ahead and address those things. We need to even be able to see the type of pain that it is that we are in. And I know that because I speak from that and I speak from experience in that. And in real life, y'all, we really need to help ourselves. Like, we need to make it a mission for if we're for reparations to truly invest into our mental health. We need centers, we need therapists that know our specific issues. We need centers, we need rehab centers, we need mental health facilities. You know, our people are wandering and in pain and they need places where we can get real help. We need scholarships. We need to be able to send um our black children to school to study in therapy and psychotherapy and things like that to be able to come back to our hoods and be able to help and teach and heal our people. This shit is real, y'all, and it's not talked about and it is a thing that truly needs to be attacked and addressed in our community and it needs to be done aggressively. And that is one of the ways that reparations is here. That's how the way we need cream. Don't let people go ahead and tell you anything otherwise. You need it to be able to thrive in this country. We need it to be able to address things. We need it to be able to truly get freedom. So... I'm happy it's being talked about now. There's definite need for it if, you know, I hope you see and kind of understand and get the correlation between that, what I'm saying. Um, So, yeah. So, that's my thoughts. Those are my things. Um, Shit. That's why I'm trying to get myself into a better place financially, not only to provide. I mean, because, I mean, it goes both ways. I mean, we need to be in a better place mentally so we can provide it for ourselves and build together. And then also be able to demand what is owed to us. In other words, America needs to pay what the fuck they owe. All right. So that's it for my podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fan. Um, Please, uh, if you feel this is a value, share it. Um, Make a comment. Um, I'm still building and growing. So thank you all and God bless. Peace.